Hmm, hello. I have been asked to do some videos um, in the same sort of thread as my blog. So I'm going to give this a shot. This is the first video I've done in like 10 years. Uh, if you check my YouTube channel, you'll see the old ones are pretty uh, wild. <laughs> uh, I have blue hair. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to try a video blog post on a topic that I said I was going to write about, but instead I'm going to try it as a video. And so any feedback you have will help me get better at videos. And um, yeah, so we'll get started. So I was in uh, Las Vegas last week. And uh, strangely enough, I had a very deep spiritual experience. Um, it started when I was actually at a club and I was standing on a booth, dancing, and looking out over everyone else who was dancing. And I just kind of like, I fell into this witness state. And I really, I connected with everyone who was in the club. I felt like this, this visceral connection with them. And I started seeing how all the beings in the room were creating sensations and those sensations were propagating and connecting with my being. And I started observing how the room and all the people and myself were all part of this kind of hologram that um, has been fabricated in my mind. Now think about this for just a second. Um, remember the last time you had a very, very vivid dream. Okay. And inside that dream, you had an experience. Maybe it was scary. Maybe it was wonderful. Maybe you woke up feeling sad, but the point is that inside that dream, you have a perspective. And that perspective allows you to see the environment around you, to connect with the environment through sensations. Light coming in, objects moving around, people talking to you, you talking to yourself. And inside that environment, inside that dream, you can walk around, you can do things. You may not know what you're doing at the time because you might not be fully conscious. Like most people are not in dreams. Some people are. But you, like, so you have this perspective and you have this environment around you. And... The really interesting thing is, though you don't realize it at the time when you're in the dream, but you 
are the perspective in your dream body, but you are also the whole environment. You are also all of the beings, the entities and the objects that you are interacting with. Because it's all in your head, right? So you're all up in here and you have this like wonderful hologram that you're interacting with. And then when you wake up, it's all gone. And then you're in this hologram, right? So everything you see is similar to that in a dream. Now, how, how, does, that, how does that come about? And, and what, what, is, what is significant about that? So as I connected with everyone in, in the club and I got into this witnessing state and I was analyzing like how the DJ was making these waves in the crowd and everything, I kind of like went way back into like babyhood, like before childhood. And this is like when we don't have any concepts. We don't know what an object or a person is. In fact, we may not even have the sense of self and other very early on. Like, especially when we're in our mother's womb, we're kind of, there is no other. There's just all of this experience, right? Heartbeat and blood flow and warmth and being moved around, wondering what all that is. And our brains aren't really tuned to like conceptualize anything at that point. So we just get all these raw sensations and like heat, sound, light, right? Tactile sense. And these sensations are like pulses, right? Like if you, if you break down a sense, it's really like, like when you touch your finger, that stimulates a nerve and it creates this movement of potassium ions in and out of a, a membrane on, an, on the nerve. And that wave of ions moving in and out propagates all the way through your nervous system into your brain. And then these subminds take that raw sensory input and they process it and they refine it and they smooth it out. So if it's like, if, if, you, if you imagined it as a wave, like a, a sine wave, well, it would be more jaggedy, right? But uh, our, our subconscious kind of smooths out the wave and then combines like sound with touch, with thought, and then crafts this like hologram that we see around us. Now, why does that happen? Well, if you think about it, like looking at these raw pulses of sensation, it'd be very confusing. Like you'd have to be like a computer to like look at all that data at the conscious level, right? Like if you imagine your attention is limited, and it is, like marketers know this, 
then you have to imagine that there's something inside your mind that is taking this finite resource and trying to optimize its use. So your attention can only be used for so many things at a time and then the rest of the, the rest of the information has to be addressed at some other level, at some other layer, deeper than your, your conscious mind. So our mind creates this hologram, but how, how does it create this hologram? It looks at all the sensations coming in, and like I said, it smooths out this curve, which means it's actually discarding information. Um, to smooth out a curve, you take the highs and you take the lows, and you kind of like take an average and, you know, you make it, you make it a nice sort of smooth, smooth, like, like this, this table here is nice and smooth and sharp. But if you really zoom in on it, like look at it, really look at it really closely, you can start to see all the jagged edges, right? And that's, that's a lot like what our, our mind does for all the sensations coming in, whether it's sight, sound, touch. Um, it's discarding information that doesn't fit with a certain model. Now, in like a lot of statistical models, we'd say, oh, it's a normal curve, right? Like, like that. And that's what people use for predicting things happening in the future, is they say, well, in the past, things have kind of happened in this sort of chaotic pattern. But if we smooth it out, we get this nice normal curve, and we can use that to predict the future. To a certain degree, say 95% probability, right? Our mind is doing this all the time. So when we were babies, the only thing we had to go on was attraction and aversion, pleasure and pain, right? So those very basic foundational um, drivers of behavior, everything else gets layered on top of this. So we experience a sensation, categorize it as pleasure or pain, or indifferent. I like this, I don't like this, I don't care. And then our mind at a subconscious level takes all the sensory input that was leading up to that sensation and says, okay, in the future, this, this series of sensations, whether it was like the mom picking us up and cradling us and then, you know, feeding us or somebody spanking her bum, right? Our mind will look at all the sensations that led up to those sensations that we actually cared about, either positively or negatively, and will say, okay, I'm going to fit these into a model. And over time, that model gets smoothed out. So the outliers get discarded and we end up with this like really smooth curve. 
And what I'm suggesting in, in, in my, the insight that I've had is that that smooth curve is what results in this. So they say reality is an illusion. Now, if you go back to the dream, right? Clearly, the dream is a fabrication, is an illusion. So why not this, right? We are getting all of these sensations coming in through random nerves, and they, these nerves are just sending pulses, waves, and then somehow we're translating that into like, I have a blue shirt on, I have a beard, and I can touch it and I can pull it, and it pulls my face, right? There's light shining on me. There's a little blue light in the camera there. So all of those things that I'm talking about are concepts, right? They're not the sensations. Like the sensation of blue is like a bunch of little pulses on my optic nerve. But somehow those get translated into this concept of blue that I can relate to you verbally, which is another sensation, right? So it is, it is all an illusion self-created illusion and I find that really fascinating because we all grow up with different experiences we all grow up understanding different things differently like you may see blue completely differently than the way I see blue Probably not, though. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, like, the one really important thing that I want to kind of dive into here, because I find it really interesting, is that as a result of creating this illusion around us, as a result of smoothing the curve, of getting rid of the highs and lows, the outliers, and find, and it's, it's really making sense of the world, right? We build this hologram so that we can make sense, so that we can predict future pain or pleasure based off of a series of sensations, but we don't wanna look at the raw data of the sensations. We wanna look at like higher level concepts, objects, you know, an object, if I open this and I tilt it, I'll feel the sensation of sweetness on my tongue, fizziness in my mouth, and then liquid going down my throat. That's really easy to predict because I look at it as an object instead of a bunch of sensations of light and tactile and like somatic sense and like you know you, you don't look at the raw data so that that helps us make sense of the world and that helps us operate in whatever this is but it also has other effects so as, as always in any analysis, especially a statistical analysis, a predictive model, you're throwing out data. 
And this gets into confirmation bias. So I've recently realized that a lot of people don't actually know about confirmation bias. And this is, I think this is in chapter seven or eight of my book that's going to be coming out soon. Because um, my accountant told me it has to come out this year. <laughs> or I'll be running into problems. Anyways, so um, confirmation bias is the effect of us subconsciously discarding information that disagrees with our model of the world. Let's just say the hologram our view of how the world works and gravitating towards information that agrees with the model of how the world works, right? This is why a lot of people get into arguments and the arguments never seem to go anywhere because the whole framework that you're using to argue is completely different and Person A may not see person B's perspective and vice versa, and but they're using the same words, so it sounds like there's kind of a disagreement of things. Concepts. Like the idea of fairness. Let's, let's just go do a quick aside and we'll come back to confirmation bias. Fairness. So in left-leaning politics, fairness is the idea that we are all equal and we all get a fair shot at happiness and, you know, a good life. And none of us deserve more than the other unity, right? If you look at the psychology of right-leaning uh, politics, the idea of fairness is that which you put in is proportional to that which you get out. So if you put in less to society, you get out less. And if you put in more to society, you get out more. So you can understand if you have a left-leaning person and a right-leaning person that are having an argument about what's fair without actually defining what that means as a concept, they're gonna be running around in circles. So back to confirmation bias. So confirmation bias. Now let's go back to this model of, of the world, right? We have built this hologram. We have this view of how reality works and this view has worked for us, we're still alive after, you know, decades. So this model has served us well. Haven't been hit by a bus yet. <laughs> but the act of creating a model discards information. And the more identified you become with this model of interacting with the world, the more rigid your information discarding processes become. Hmm. Does that sound like confirmation bias to you? So it seems to me like as we grow and as we have new experiences that like tune the model, 
at some point in our growth, this model becomes um, so real to us that we forget about all of the raw information that we're discarding. And then the model becomes rigid and static. And that can lead to some problems. Right? So we've disconnected from our sensations. And we've lodged ourselves into this illusion. And we really believe that this table is real. Like, it's solid. How could it not be real? But it's not, like, it is there. But the way that I'm experiencing it is not real. I'm experiencing it more as I am than as it is. I am experiencing it through all those filters, that model, that hologram that I've built up. And if you don't realize that you've built this up over time and you don't realize that you're discarding all sorts of information all the time that could be giving you an incorrect perception of reality, it can lead to all sorts of problems, arguments, miscommunications, missed opportunities, depression. Like, if, if your model gets tilted in a certain way, like negatively, for example, you could find the whole world around you is just awful and horrible and why is so many things bad? Conversely, if you had your model tilted in a positive way, you could just be happy and lovey-dovey and like, ah, everything's fine and beautiful until you get hit by a bus, <laughs> right? It's, it's like, what I'm saying is that this, this model, this hologram that we're living in, that we're identified with, is a fantasy of sorts. And what I've found in um, doing like long-term regular meditation is that you start to actually see through that model a little bit. You start to see the structure. And as a result of seeing the structure, it becomes more flexible and less rigid. How, why? Like, so, so meditation in, in a lot of um, traditions and a lot of practices is first the act of calming the mind, right? Focusing the mind getting rid of your attachment to distractions. Not getting rid of distractions, getting rid of your attachment to distractions. Letting them go. But eventually at some point, you may find you end up diving into something called insight, where you end up focusing on groups of sensations and exploring them. Now, what is that doing? In a way, it's almost like you're taking a drill to this illusion you've crafted and you're like hammering through it. You're like, you're saying, I want to get to the raw sensations again. 
I want to see the raw data, at least for this moment. And as you do that more and more, your brain being a flexible, plastic thing goes, oh, well, he doesn't or she doesn't want to, like, smooth the curves out anymore. I guess we should change things a little bit. And so the more and more you, you, you drill through that illusion, you start to experience reality a little more tactily. Tact yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it. that's, that's the best term I can come up with for it. Maybe one of you can suggest something better. Um, it's it just like, you connect with your body more for one, like you can start to feel like all of the energy flowing through your, your body's system. And you can start to see things in, in a more like intense, higher resolution way because you're not dampening it with this, this very rigid, thick hologram. You're like, you're thinning the hologram out and you're saying, I, I still need it. I still need an, a model to operate within this world because too much sensation is too much. But also because I've been meditating a lot, I've been increasing the power of my brain and I've been discarding like letting go of of rumination and thoughts that like end up taking up more and more cycles. So now I have all this excess capacity. Well, hey, you know what I want to do with all that excess capacity? I want to drill through this illusion and I want to see things as they are. And so what I've experienced as I, as I start to see things more vividly is that the model starts to change. So you feel things more intensely, sadness, happiness, love, lust, pain, connection. Everything's more intense, the good and the bad. And in addition to that, I, I don't know, it's, how do I put this? You connect more with the sensations but you identify less with them. So happiness and sadness are, are just both part of this hologram, part of this experience. I, I still feel the sadness, the visceral feeling of sadness that comes up, or maybe depression, that or that anxiety feeling where it's like this vibrate pressure that's just like feels like it's crushing you. I still feel all of these things. But because 
starting to poke through that illusion because I'm starting to poke through that veil of my own creation, that hologram, that smoothing. It seems like the secondary, more traumatic emotion that's attached to the the hologram, the fabrication, it, like it's almost like a movie scene, right? Where you don't hear the music of the scene in this reality, but when when a, a when a, a director shoots a scene, he can change the whole tone of the scene just by changing the music. And what I found is the hologram that we created around us is just infused with all these secondary feelings and emotions in addition to the original sensations that come in of fear, of happiness, that these secondary sort of emotions that really drag us into this hologram, that really make us identified with it and like make it so real and like solid and and just ugly sometimes, you know, and, and great too. So the feelings or the sensations are still there, the pain and the pleasure and the happiness and sadness are still there. But because you've been poking through that illusion and you've realized that it's of your own creation and you're starting to neurologically drill into the raw parts and you start to see the layers between you witnessing and reality, the sensations that are out there, you kind of lose your identification with the hologram. You're like, oh, well, I'm, this is of my own creation. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's fine, but I don't, I don't have to be like totally invested in it. It can change. And I've seen this change, you know, as I've gone from a very rigid, repressed, powerful, person to more open and loving and caring and not hiding things and just like like connecting with people as as that has happened the whole world around me my whole hologram has also changed and everyone around me has started to change and all of my interactions with people, even like you think, oh, well, you know, you're just affecting people. No, it's not. It's not. I'm not affecting people. Maybe I am, but that's not all it is. Because even meeting strangers, you know, it, it's like there's this connection. And openness. And it's like you can meet someone and it's like you've known them for thousands of years 
<laughs> you know, and um, I find it fascinating how the way that we are creates and is created by this hologram and all of our future encounters and interactions are influenced by this hologram and this hologram isn't real and this hologram can change and there are methods to change it all right i think that's it for today i was going to do more but that that feels like a good place to end thank you